0: Let's put our hands together, welcome Richard Taylor to come and minister to us this morning. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Pastor Colin and Amanda, for uh, allowing me to come and share a Kensington Temple. It's always a privilege all I come to London. Um, and for the Filipinos who, who are here, Salamat Adios. It's not just Pastor Colin that can speak another language, I can too. Uh, i um, visited the Philippines many times, wonderful people. <laughs> I know a little song as well. Gahaman kan, milagrosa and Dios For you are great, you do miracles so great. There's no one else like you. There is no one else like you. Amen. Give yourselves a big clap. Sorry. Well, uh, it is a great privilege, and Pastor Colin and Amanda there, and I, I consider this to be my extended family. I say it every time I come. It, it is. And uh, love being with you guys. But London is a changing place. Coming from the valleys of South Wales, it's quite an eye-opener coming to London. I mean, this, uh, I think it was yesterday I arrived. I've been doing some work down here and filming. And I had to go back to Wales to do a wedding on Saturday morning. After driving back up Friday night and then coming back down. And so I've been backwards and forwards across the bridge where you have to pay to get into Wales. Not to get out. And, um, and I had experienced road rage in London for the first time in my life. I managed to squeeze into a gap coming up to the Hammersmith Bridge, realizing that the lanes were closing for some odd reason. It's been like that for months. And I managed to get as far as I could before I got in. You, some of you know what I mean, don't you? You cheat, basically. You don't wait at the back of the queue. You cheat. And everyone's looking at you thinking, I hope no one lets him in. Well, that's me. And I got in. But the guy behind me was in a van, and he was a plumber. And he was not happy. He was flashing his lights, beeping his horn. And I was listening to classic FL, and just listening away, thinking, oh. (laughs) Got over the Hammersmith Bridge, and then it goes into the three lanes. He pulls up alongside me a set of traffic lights. He winds his window down. I thought he was going to ask me for directions or something, so I... I wind my well, I pressed the button, and my window went down, and I looked at him, and he started to speak in a very funny language. <laughs> and it wasn't tongues, or anything like that. He started to speak, and, and he started to spit a lot, and shout a lot. And he was, he was from Poland, he was Polish. And this is not a discriminate against the Polish, we hear today, we love you, God bless you. But this is what he said to me. I tell you, I, I, get back to your own country. London is changing, (laughs) I said to him in my own immutable Welsh ability, I am in my own country. (laughs) Uh, Well, the last time I was with you I had four children, I now have five, it seems every time I come to KTI I have more children, so I'm going to have to stop coming here. Um, we have four boys, as you know, Joshua, Caleb, Jacob and Isaac. And our fifth child was born just two weeks ago. Uh, baby Faith. Yeah, she's lovely. <laughs> oh, thank you. And, um, and for the ladies, I know you want to know what the weight is. It's a woman thing. Uh, she was seven pounds and nine ounces. So really, really small. I don't know what it is with women. you say, it was she, it, the baby was 11 pounds, you're like, yeah, girl, go, go. That's a big baby. Seven pounds, nah, that's nothing, seven pounds. It's a weight thing, it's a weight thing. I want to speak to you today, open up your Bibles to the, the book of Romans and the 12th chapter. Romans in chapter 12. Um, and I want to speak to you today on a subject that is close to my heart. And I believe it's very powerful and pointing to this time uh, that we're in as in the nation. We're seeing all kinds of things going on. Um, And this is more of a pastoral word this morning than a theological exposition of scripture. It's deliberately pastoral. The title of the message is, Changing Your Mind, Changing Your Life. Changing your mind, changing your life. Too often we attribute where we are so much to either God or the devil. Let me explain. We know that the scriptures tell us God has a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. And often where we are in life, we can say, I'm here because this is the place that God has brought me to. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm at this stage in my journey because God has brought me here. Sometimes, when we're in circumstances we don't like, we blame the devil. It's the devil's fault. I jumped in the wrong bed. No, it was your flesh. Well, we blame the devil for so many things that actually it's our own choice and our own doing. Each of us have the power to choose. The Bible speaks a lot about the mind. Having the mind of Christ. The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart. That word heart is not the word heart as we understand it. It means mind. As a man thinks in his mind, so is he. In other words, whatever you're thinking will actually shape you for your future if you've got stinking thinking then you'll have a stinking future there's no such thing as a bad day, it's just a bad you looking at it because it begins with thinking I'll give you an illustration you know, when you get out of bed in the morning, how do you feel like Pentecostal Christians should <laughs> hallelujah, praise the Lord, oh I'm good. it's good to be alive No, most of you fall out of bed in the morning. Crawl into the bathroom. Have a shave. And the men. And then, it's a joke. joke. But you don't feel Christian. But you have to make a choice every day. To say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Because there's enough miserable people out there, if you want to join them, join them. And people love to share their misery, don't they? I mean, there's Nosebook, uh, Facebook. (laughs) And people put things on. They're like having a bad day and they just thought they'd like to share it with everybody else. Well, thank you very much. Let us all share in your misery. Now, there's nothing wrong with Facebook. I mean, Pastor Colin puts great stuff on there. I follow him myself. Um, But my point is simply this As Christians, we've got every reason to rejoice. But it's a choice. It's not something you just, it's not natural. You don't wake up like this. But when you make a choice, you choose to rejoice, it's a mindset. I remember, my wife sent me out to do some shopping. I went to Tesco's, and um, she gave me this list, and I put it on the trolley thing. I, and it was a new experience for me. I had to put a pound in to get a trolley out. I ne- never knew you to, knew it. So I got it out, and I bumped into some people from the church as well, and they said, Pastor! I thought, I was like, what? What? What are you doing in here? Shopping. I don't go to heaven to get my goods, you know. Just because I'm a... Pastor, I, I go to Tesco's. You know, I have to put petrol in my car. It doesn't run on supernatural, holy ghost fuel. And I was doing my shop, and I was just thinking on the Word of God. I was thinking on Psalm ninety-one: "He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty." I would say, "The Lord is my rock, my strength, my tower. In Him will I trust." And I was just dwelling on the Word. And when you think about the Word, no matter where you are, it happens to me all the time, all the time. I started singing. I'm pushing the trolley. Yes, Jesus loves me. It started really quiet, you know, under the the volume range of someone else picking it up. But it started to, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And then I went for it. You want to see people moving out of the way? I mean, I got my shopping done in half the time. Hallelujah! So when you're going shopping, just walk down the aisle, and if you get really Pentecostal, bless it be the name of the Lord, bless it be, all. and you can you can even manage a little dance with the troll. I tell you what, people, you listen, they either get out of the way, or someone will take you out of the way. But we choose, don't we? You see, we're in control of our thoughts. Do you know that you are in control of your thoughts? In this particular scripture, we're going to read it. and I'm going to show you a key word in this verse. Reading it from verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be conformed. As the King James says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think But to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith And God led his blessing to his most holy and sacred word the key word in this, these few verses is transformed. Transformed, what does that mean? Let's break the word down two words trans and formed. Trans transport, transport means from one place to another. We are transported from one place to another. The second word is the word formed, is the word shaped. Our thinking. Shapes our future. I'm going to say it again. Our thinking shapes our future. What you think about yourself is very, very important. If you see yourself as a nobody, as a failure, as a reject, not loved, disliked, then actually that will become your future. You are prophesying it. By thinking it. Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's a matter of time before it comes out of your mouth. I've heard people speak their way into debt. I've heard people speak their way into failure. I've heard people speak their destiny by things that they've believed about themselves to be wrong. Not in alignment with the word of God. See, the Bible says that I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me and gave himself for me. The Bible says is greater than he that is in me than he that is in the world. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. The Bible says that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The Bible says that he holds me in the palm of his hand and no man can pluck me out of there. The Bible says that God knows the plans he has for me to bless me, not to do me harm, but to do me good, to give me a future and to give me a hope. Hallelujah. Risk and amen. You see, what we believe really matters. What our mind thinks upon. So we need to allow ourselves to be transformed in our thinking. How does that work? It works entirely by coming into alignment with the Word of God. So when we're faced with things... So for example... When I'm faced with a challenge, and we all get challenges in life, and anybody says it doesn't, they're a liar. We don't don't go down with a challenge. We go, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You see, but we have to think differently. Because most of us have dealt with issues in our lives, in our own strength. Oh, I can get through. No, you can't. You've got to rely totally, trust. On the word of God, allow it to renew your mind, and by doing so, not being conformed to this world, but transformed, transported from one place to another. Here's what I hear a lot of in church all the time, around the country. Pastor, I've always been like this. I can't change. It's the way I am. I hate that. Because I don't believe that. I believe that all things in Christ can be made new. And people say that and they say, I can't change, I can't, but you can. My wife is a perfect example of this. N- not that she, you know, but when, when, the kids, when the kids are playing up in the house, especially the eldest two, and you know, they're messing about and, and she shouts at the kids, I'm telling you now, if you don't sort yourselves out, I, I, I'll smack you on the head. And that's not politically correct, but we don't care in Wales. And... Still an awesome Cartman. So I'm telling you, and the phone goes, she, I'm telling hello. <laughs> she changes like that. She goes, so I'm telling the kids, you know, you've done this one. Well. She's telling the kids up, well, she speaks in an accent that I've never heard before. I'm sitting there thinking, I wish you'd speak to me like that. Hello, can I help you? She goes, really posh. And she's from Birmingham. Right, you're right, I'm right, I'm right. <laughs> she can change like that. So people I can't change. Yes, you can. I was in a church in America, preaching, Dallas. And I was at the front of this church, and it was a huge Pentecostal church. And there was, and there was a pastor and his wife and the whole leadership team all suited and booted. They seemed to be into hair lacquer, because this pastor's wife had hair really large, like massive. I mean, you, you know, where are you, love? Are you in there somewhere? She was in there. She was there. She really was. And her kids were at her feet. And you know, it's like some of your parents when you've got your kids in church with you and they, they can't concentrate in church. I mean, it's not fair on children to put them through this. You know what I'm saying? And they're, and they're at her feet and they're pulling her skirt. And she's like, Yes, mm, Jesus, I love you, Lord. And the band's going, I love you, Jesus. She's like this, worshiping. And all of a sudden, she just goes, to the car, Stop messing about. I'm telling you, to get up my dress up. Jesus, Lord, I love you. She changed just like that. She went from this beautiful angelic worshipper to something out of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And I was like, ah! Change. You have the power To change your life if only you were prepared to change your mind. And renew that mind with the word of God. It's amazing to me how many people excuse where they are or blame where they are on other things rather than their own selves. Well, it's not my fault. Yes, it is. Now, there are things that are outside of our control. Of course they are. But it's how we react to them that matters. I came out of church one Sunday morning. And as I'm driving out to the church, it goes to two lanes. And there was a white van driver. I don't know what it is with van drivers. I just don't like them. And he was occupying two lanes. In other words, he was in the middle, blocking the outside lane. So I couldn't get past. I was in a rush to get home. The rugby was on. It's on this afternoon as well. And so... Um, So I was in a rush, and so I was trying to get past him, and he he wouldn't allow me past. And so when he managed to go over, I thought, as I come past him, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. Which is exactly what we do. And as I drive past, I'm about to give him the Christian telling off. What are you doing? And as I go, I recognize the driver, it's the worship leader from our church. <laughs> uh, it's a good job I just said, uh, and it went. It went from this to hi. How are you doing? I fell. How was going? See, the anger, the anger that I had, I was able to change like that. We have the power to change. Don't let the devil deceive you. You can change your life. Pastor, I'm, not, I'm never going to get a job. No, you're not. You know why? Because that's what you keep prophesying. You get what you ask for. I remember a story once. I, I, I was with a guy. We were traveling together and saw this large house. And he said to me, he says, You know, I can never imagine or believe that I could live in a house like that. I turned and said to him, You never will. So what do you mean? He so says, you never will. Because if you can't believe it, you'll never conceive it. And if you can't conceive it, you can never confess it. If you don't confess it, you'll never get it. Now, I'm not talking about name it and claim it. But there is power in what you believe. See, I believe God has good things in store for my life. I believe God does not want to do me harm. He wants to do me good. I believe that Jesus wants to give me abundant life. I believe that Jesus wants to give me a good life, a good wife. Amen. Now, if persecution comes, we don't get persecuted in this country. Because, oh, we're under persecution. No, we're not. Some people think persecution is when the snow comes. <laughs> Can't go to church and be persecuted in the snow. No, you... Dope. It's just snow. But the reality is for most of us, most of the problems and issues we face are in our mind choices and decisions that we make we choose to believe ourselves into circumstances and situations you do know that don't you we choose to do that and what's closely connected to the mind is faith what is faith? it's belief, what you believe where does that affect first? your mind it's the first place it affects, I remember when I was in school it's another illustration I was in school and um, I was, we were poor And so I didn't, my mum got my clothes from like second hand shops and things like that And um, in fact I was up at, um, is it Chalk Farm Road, is that Camden? Camden, my God, Camden, Camden. Cockney, Camden Anyway, um, it was great, I've never been there before, first time there And uh, they they got these old shops where they sell like vintage clothing What I mean by that is, is like uh, Del Boy jackets Do you know what I'm talking about? And I've got a bit of a, a taste for these things, real, real old stuff. There was a Nando's and a couple of other shops, and then there was this. I'm saying Nando's because I'm hoping they're getting it ready upstairs, but anyway. Um, but there was this uh, jacket, and I, I, and I bought one. I, it's a big, It's got big fur down I don't think like it's fur, but it's like joking fur, you know, for, just in case we've got animal rights people in here. But it was just Vox. It was just whatever that thing is. And, a lovely, and it's beautiful. And um, why am I telling you about this? Where was I? <laughs> school. So my mother, I used to go shopping in second hand shops. Like this one. So it was sports day, and I was doing the triple jump. Now, everybody else in school had all the latest gear. right? So they had Nike and Spikes. Now this is how I was dressed. I had a vest on. A white vest. With tea stains on it. My mother got from a second hand shop. I was wearing Dr. Martin's boots. <laughs> Proper shoes. Right? right. So I had Dr. Martin's boots on. Because I did, couldn't do anything really train. This, this is what I wore to school. And they were, bl- they were ox red colour. Do you remember those ones? I mean, they come, they're back in now, aren't they? Right? I mean, have you got a pair on there? No? Right, okay. I just thought you were So, there. So, and um, my mother got these shorts that were way too big for me. I mean, they were out here. And they were falling down, (coughs) and I said, Ma'am, these shorts are too big, how am I supposed to do the triple jump? They're all going to laugh at me. She said, don't worry, get some laces, and tie some laces together, and tie it tight, and you'll be (laughs) alright. It's right then, Ma'am, I'll do that then. So I I went to school, and um, I can hear all the kids behind me. I can hear them all laughing and mocking, and, you know, he's a jippo, he's a poor kid. That's what they were saying. They were saying nasty things to me. You know, I thought, don't worry, after this triple jump, I'll kick your head in with these Dr. Martin boots. So, I got these shorts on with the, the lace tied and here, and they're huge. And it's a windy day, and I'm flapping in the wind like this. My legs are going like this, because they're thin. Not now, they're muscular and torn. But back then, they were thin, and, and I was like this, walking like this with the, the shorts like this. And I stood there like ah. A little Ryan, I'm going to jump. And what I'll do is, and so hop, skip, and jump, sorry. So I ran, I hop, skip, and as I jumped, I pulled the shorts up like that, and the wind, sh- <laughs> And I won the triple jump, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. So we were a poor family. I mean, the town I was brought up in was bad. It was that bad, it was twinned with itself. Poor family And because I came from that background, you see, my mind always always told me that this is, this is life You've got to learn to accept it A poverty mentality, that's what I've got to have When I became a Christian, I remember in 1993 When I got saved after a life of drug addiction and prison and all that stuff When I got saved, I actually began to read the Bible and realize that God not only wanted to redeem my life But He wanted to lift my life That He wanted me to go to another level I didn't fully understand it. We didn't use words like prosperity and stuff like that then. It was just the fact that God loved you. He had a plan for you. And he wanted to bless you. And I was like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And it's amazing what happens. When God blesses you, he blesses you so that you can be a blessing to other people. That's the whole idea. It's not for you just to look, as it says in the scripture we read, they're not for you to look good and wonderful. No, it's for you to bless other people. Blessed to be a blessing. But see, I had to change my way of thinking. Because I thought he was wrong. I couldn't receive things of people. I struggled to receive gifts of people. Praise of people. Compliments. I struggled. Because I thought, no, I'm a Christian. You can't compliment me. i go got say humble. You know, I can't. And I, I always had this mentality that it's not right. I'm a pastor or I, I shouldn't be blessed. And the congregation wanted me to be blessed. And I kept resisting the blessing. Now, it's just a little illustration because it's hard for me to to unpack this for you. I had a poverty mentality. I'm not just talking about financial. I'm talking about general. I thought I'm supposed to be depressed as a Christian. That's the idea because I'm a sinner. Hang on a minute. The Bible says I'm saved by grace through faith. It's not of myself. It's a gift of God. Righteousness is being imputed to me not by my own good works But through the divine exchange on Calvary that took place when Jesus died for my sin not just dying for me but dying instead of me And so I'm free there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus My friend who's an alcoholic for me the other week. He says Richard He says there's no well the thing is you know the scripture. He says there's no condemnation to those who are in anything But we make choices and decisions. The wonderful thing about renewing your mind is this. Is this is a process. When you get saved, it doesn't happen straight away, does it? Hello? You don't start straight away. When you make a decision, some of you might be new Christians You'll go Even walking with Jesus a long time. You ain't perfect. I know you think you are, but you're not. And in our church, about 80% of the people I would imagine on Cumbrian campus have come from drug addiction or that kind of lifestyle and background. And um, it, they're all in process. What I mean by that is they're kind of working things out. They've just got saved. We've got a gang of them who've just got saved. And they've had hoodies made with rescuing the sinner on the back. They're, they're, they're nuts. They're evangelizing Asda and everything. They've been uh, it's just incredible. But you'll get things like in our church, someone at the, sat at the front, will shout out to a guy at the back, Oi oh, mate, you owe me money. This is in the service. And he shouts back, what for, Mush? Two bags, you know what I'm talking about? We know what he's talking about. You're thinking, Tesco's carrier bags. We're not, but we know what he's talking about. And this happens in our church. See, they they made a decision, but they're in process. I'll kick it out of them, don't worry about it. When I first became a Christian, two weeks, I remember being out in Blackwood Town Centre in South Wales, talking to people about Jesus. I was giving out leaflets, gospel tracts, Went up to a group of young guys. They had the jeans down there and boxes pulled up there. Hat on backwards so they walked like that. And I was witnessing. And he ripped this thing up and threw it in my face. And, and as he threw the tract in my face, I felt this heat rise through my body. And it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was anger. I'd only been a Christian two weeks. I was in jail. A drug addict two weeks before. And this guy, this kid, threw a leaflet in my face, I screamed. He ran. I chased him down the high street. The Christians behind me are like, uh, they're praying in tongues. They're singing, Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya, kumbaya my Lord, Kumbaya. The Keep G and Kaputu. And they're singing. And I'm chasing this guy and I capture him. I get him on the floor with my knee in his chest fisting. Him. He says, if I wasn't a Christian, I'd smash your face in. And Jesus really loves you. They won't teach you that in the school of evangelism, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. But renewing of the mind is a process, it takes time. You've got to give people time to grow. In your cell groups, give people time to grow. Give them time. And even then, they may even fail and foul up and mess up and get lost in sin and all that. But grace is always available. You can't out-sin the grace of God. It's impossible, otherwise, it would never be grace. Hallelujah. That's not license to sin, but it's license to live in the freedom wherein Christ has set us free. Zipperty doodah, zipperty day. Hallelujah. That's that's Hebrew for, praise the Lord um, Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day For those of you who don't know But you see, our thinking has to be shaped, formed By the Word of God Is my thinking in alignment with the Word of God? Let me tell you something If your thinking is not in alignment with the Word of God You'll be conformed to this world very quickly and you start thinking the way the world thinks. So to deal with stress, what do I do? I go down the pub. And I get drunk. Spend my money on gear. Spend my Doing, doing those things is conforming to this world. Thinking. I'm, not saying, I'm just giving you a scenario. That's what we think. We think we'll deal with it the way the world. How does it deal? How does the world deal with stress? It gets to the weekend and goes wild. You've only got to go to London on Friday night, Saturday. You'll see it. It goes bonkers. Any town, valley, community, city, it's like that on a weekend. Because people think it's, uh, uh, it'll help me deal with the pressures of the week. Yet, when you wake, wake up on Monday morning with a hangover, and lost a lot of money, and everything's still the same. Because the problem isn't, the problem is you. And a guy came to me once and say, Pastor, I'm going to move to another country. Because he, he was dealing with a lot of problems in his life. I said, listen, mate, I said, by moving to another country ain't going to solve your problems. He says, what do you mean? I said, you are the problem F. If you leave F, you take problem F with you F. So if you go to Spain F, the problem F will be in Spain F, so you need to come back F and deal with death. It's King James. He, he had what I call somewhere sickness. Well, I says, "It's only if I can go somewhere else, then it'll all go away. If I move away, then they'll sort the." Pro- no, because the problem isn't. It's you. Some people have a case of someone sickness. Oh, if only I could meet the right person. If only I could meet Mister Wright, Mrs. Wright, whatever the case might be. Some of you thought you met Mrs. Wright, <laughs> Mister Wright, and they're not as right as you think they are, are they? but we still love them and marry them and have children and enjoy each other's lives because you see we have high expectation of other people but not of ourselves but when it comes to when it comes to thinking how we think about ourselves is very very important every day I have to remind myself that I'm a child of God every day not like once a week on a Sunday Every day. I don't get out of bed in the morning and go, Hallelujah. I don't do that because I get up in the morning and I'm tired. But I have to remind myself, when I'm washing or I'm in the shower and shave, I'm thinking, thank you, I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When I start saying thank, just that word, thank you, Jesus. Some of you need to try it. I prescribe it as a spiritual doctor, as a prescription. Just get up in the morning and just go, thank you, Jesus. Let it be the first thing that comes out of your mouth. Thank you, Jesus. Because I tell you this, every day above ground is a good day. It's a good day. And even coming to church, the Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Not I was sad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. It's a choice thing. Now, you might think, Pastor Richard, this is not very spiritual. This is more spiritual than you realize. The way you think is very spiritual. Not to be carnally minded, but to be spiritually minded. This is life and peace. If you ain't got a life, if you ain't got peace... It's because of this It's not because you ain't praying enough Or you ain't reading your Bible It's got nothing to do with it Of course reading your Bible is the way that you renew your mind But my point being That that in and of itself begins here In your mind Don't underestimate the power of your mind It was created by God For God So that God could use it to be creative So you could confess and prophesy The goodness of God into the land of the living That's why God gave it to you Salvation comes about through confession of the mouth, but it begins with believing in your heart. That word heart in the book of Romans is your mind. So you get saved by believing with your mind. People say, When I become a Christian, my brains I just throw about, it's all faith. No, you use your brains. Pentecostals are the worst, aren't we? Well, I'm a Pentecostal. Don't need my brains, I'm like, got the Holy Ghost. No, you still need your brains. You still need your compass mentors. Because, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I travel a lot as well. I, not so much in the last year or so, because we planted some c- churches and I'm pioneering. But when I travel, you go to some churches and they, they're not, they, they, they don't understand. And so it's all spirit. Everything's spirit. Everything's spirit. Everything. You know, even the pastors getting up like this, ooh, because it's, it's all spirit. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. Because it's all spirit no word, and, and they'll say things like, oh, we haven't got time to preach because, oh, the spirit's here. Oh, oh, oh. And there's bodies everywhere. No, I'm not, I'm not against it, I'm, I'm just illustrating it to you now. And it's all spirit, there's no word. There's no word. Let me tell you something, spirit without word and you'll blow up. Word without spirit, and you dry up. You need both together to grow up. But then you go to the stream where it's no spirit. Hello, brother. Turn to me today to the book of Romans in the ninth chapter. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) You need both, of course, don't you? But you see, we've got to be people who realize our brains and our minds are engaged in our spiritual well-being and our life. Say, Pastor, I, w- w- w-, he said, I remember a guy coming to see me for counseling some months ago, this was. And uh, he sat down and he said, uh, going through all his problems, and the first thing I said to him, I said, Have you read your Bible? He went, No. I said, Well, I ain't going to pray for you. I'm not even going to counsel you. Go away and read your Bible. He came back two weeks later. Pastor, nothing's changed. I'm still going. Have you read your Bible? No. I ain't going to pray for you. I ain't going to counsel you. Go away and read your Bible. One week later, comes back. Pastor, everything's changed. I said, what did you do? He said, I read my Bible. You see, because what he needed to do was to change his thinking and his mind had to be renewed by the word of God. And the Word of God took root in his mind. He brought himself in alignment with the Word of God. And it helped him to overcome the problem that he was facing. It wasn't rocket science. I weren't going to counsel him and spend all my time sitting there, giving him all the Maslow theories and the techniques of psychology. At the end of the day, the guy just needed to make a choice. Choose. Deuteronomy tells us that by choice alone, we determine our lives, whether we're going to be cursed or blessed. Choose. Choose. God said it to Joshua. Choose or to the people. Choose this day who you will serve. Choose. Who's it going to be? Gabriel mentioned it in the times this morning. He says, choose. Are you going to trust in God? or Are you going to trust in your bank? Where do we trust? Where is our trust? We say our trust is in God until we fall in difficult times. The first thing we do, we don't go to the throne. We go to the phone. Where is our trust? Who is our confidence in? See, if your trust and your confidence is in other people, let me break it down for you. They will let you down. Because they're human just like you. They're frail. But God will never let you down. He is faithful to the end. What He has promised is true. And I know that which I've committed to Him against, He will keep me from falling and present me faultless on that day. Hallelujah. Amen. Family, finances and relationships. All these areas where you've got to make decisions. The degree to which your mind is renewed is the degree to which you will experience a change in your life. You will always live out your most dominant thoughts. Always. You will always live out your most dominant thoughts. What is your mind filled with? If you have stinking thinking, that's what you get. You'll have a stinking life. But the Bible calls us to think upon things that are wholesome, that are praiseworthy, that are good, that are pure. That's what the Bible encourages us to do to think on those things. But so often our minds are bombarded with the pollution of this world to conform to its standards, its way of living. Through media and we thank God for media, it's a great means that we're able to communicate as I'm doing right now to the coronet and people online. But at the same time there is a an evil side. There's a dark side that pollutes our minds. Remember, he is the Prince of the Power of the Air. Of the air. He operates. Don't be freaked out. Don't go home and go, oh, I not put my telly on in case the devil's watching me. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. But we have to be aware. What we see, what we listen to, what goes into our minds affects the way we think. And the way we think determines what we confess, and what we confess will determine what we will have in our lives. That's why whenever I say, whenever I meet people, I say, God is good. God wants to bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. Say to people all the time, God, it ain't just a, a salutation. God bless you. 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 God bless you in your family, in your home, in your job, in your finances, with your relationships at work. God bless you. Do you know how powerful that is? Paul, Paul did it all the time. When he wrote to the churches, he began with blessing them. The blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. And let me tell you something. Never apologize for the blessing of God, because God will find somebody else to give it to I learned that very quickly, moving from a poverty mentality to realizing I've got to accept the fact that God wants to bless me, and I'm just gonna receive all the good things God wants for my life and just say thank you, Jesus, and be grateful. Otherwise, He's gonna give it to somebody else. Too many Christians spend their life apologizing when they're blessed. I used to do it all the time. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, I got a nice car. I'm like, no, look at my look at my wheels, baby. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Who's a daddy? I've worked hard for it. Yeah, but you're a pastor. And? <laughs> y- here's the irony. You don't, you don't, I don't get paid by our church. I planted our churches. I don't get paid by them. So I don't take a salary from the church at all. It's because I don't need to. Because I'm blessed. Hallelujah. And you get people come to our church and they see me driving a big car and, you know, a Range Rover or whatever, and this, this thing, I got, I got a Harley and all that stuff, and, which I saved for for two years. They don't know that. And they judge you. They say, oh, look at the pastor, he's a prosperity church." <laughs> but they wouldn't be happy, even if I was in a mini metro, they still wouldn't be happy. They still find something to criticise you over. So you might as well say, well, stuff them and just drive it. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. They don't know, people that come to the church, that the church don't pay me. And they go, oh, look at him. He's got money in the church and he's driving a big car. And 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 they say, you don't get paid by the church. Oh, he's just telling you that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's true. I signed a contract with a television company, they pay me 15,000 pounds If I want to go and buy a second-hand Range Rover tinted it out with windows and bling it up, I'll bling it up! The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the... And, and people get like that, you see, don't get jealous when other people are blessed Rejoice with those When you see them blessed Say hallelujah see, Pastor Colin, you've been driving that Jag too long now. You need a Bentley. Let's take an offering, <laughs> stewards. <laughs> but you want your pastor to be blessed, of course you do. You don't want your pastor to be stressed with a car that doesn't work. He has to cycle to church in the snow. He gets the he's all dishevelled. his hairs everywhere. He hasn't shaved. He's scruffy like this. You want him to look his best You want him to be sharp And smart And show some leadership Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah It's like if he turned up And he says, Oh You want to You want to You want you to you Follow me as a leader Because I I'll tell you what I, I'm not into the prosperity Gospel me But I believe I, I believe in Jesus I mean, you follow, and there churches like that, mine. I won't tuck myself in there, I'll just leave myself in <sighs> Wynne Lewis is looking down from the balcony of heaven But it's true, isn't it? We should never be jealous of people who are blessed you know why they're blessed? It's because they've changed their thinking And I'll tell you something now There's a principle there for us this morning If you change your way of thinking You'll change your life If you want to see the blessing of God in your life You've got to change the way you think Because you've been thinking wrong about yourself You've been thinking wrong about God And you've been thinking wrong about others God is not stingy in heaven Looking for an opportunity to beat you with a stick Every time you commit a sin God is looking to love on you To bless you To prosper you To do you good And to give you a future And to give you a hope Would you say amen When your thinking changes, how you live will change. You have the power to choose your outcome in life. Deuteronomy chapter 30 tells us that in verse 19. You choose life or death based upon your thinking, you control what you choose. Whether it be negative or positive. Some would say, is this just power of positive thinking? Before the idea of the power of positive thinking was about God already ahead of the game. He was already at work in it. He made everything and said, it is good. It is good. And I have a theory. And I'll close with this. My theory is, is to do with belly buttons. I'll explain. Don't worry, it's not a fetish. You're safe. I think we got belly buttons, first of all, because Adam and Eve, obviously, were not born, they were created. And I reckon when God had finished making them, he went, boop, you're done, boop, you're done. (laughs) And he stood back and said, it's all good. I've even got another theory about the Garden of Eden, and it's this. The reason why Eve was called woman... Is because Adam had never seen a woman before Ever In his life And when he woke up out of his sleep The woman had been created from the rib From his side He went, whoa, man (laughs) Just a theory I know I might be wrong But we've got to learn to change our minds Change the way you think about your church You know, there's so many things we can complain about church But thank God we can worship Without a gunman running in and shooting everybody Thank God we can worship without people coming in and slaughtering us as Christians Thank God for that Pray for those who are being persecuted in other countries We've got a lot to be thankful about and people say, well, pastor, it's okay if you're blessed and you got that. Listen, I was like that when I had nothing. You can still be blessed when you've got nothing. You do understand that, don't you? Paul said, in all things I've learned to be content, whether I have or I have not. It makes no difference to me because I've got Christ. I remember driving down to Siad, in mini metro, down to Southampton, and I didn't have much money, but I tell you, what, I was the most blessed man on earth. The most blessed man on earth. I went across on this little boat, went across to preach in this place. I can't remember where it was. I got back, my car wouldn't start. It was a nightmare. But I still felt blessed. I felt blessed. Because God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. God, is good. God bless you. Good morning.